you know, we are, we've developed a, a reputation of Americans. Detroit ready to blaze some trails and throw some bows for the boys and rouge and the gals and gold. Yo, big ups to Badassets for bringing us that badass track to get our ass on track. And big up to Abbey Productions, y'all. I just want to say, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, if you all haven't, check out Abbey Productions and Badasses. And I'm going to say what I was getting ready to say from the bottom of my heart, I thank them. You know, they, they um, give an opportunity for us to kind of share their music on this platform. Obviously, this isn't the only platform that they share music on, but check them out. They got shows that they do a variety of different shows in the area. Um, I would encourage you all to check them out. Abbey Productions is, um, it actually is a home for multiple bands, including Jay Navarro and the Traders, Detroit Rhythm Crew, 1592, The Essentials, The Dirty Notion, Absence, uh, Super Dot. So, you know, there's multiple bands there. You go check them out at um, Bandcamp, uh, abbeyproductions.bandcamp.com, and you can see all of their work there. And then, you know, throw them some money, man. They, uh, you know, they're just local artists trying to make their way. And then Badass, it's the same thing, man. Just uh, badassits at bandcamp.com and go check out the stuff that they're doing right now. I believe uh, Badassits is uh, in the process of releasing another album, I believe. So they just released an album last year, the year before. Um, some dope stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and a variety, wide variety of musical tastes. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a child of hip hop, so they ain't necessarily that, but particularly with Abbey Productions, there's a lot of Jamaican influence stuff like dub and rock steady and whatnot. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely like a cousin or adjacent or hip hop actually was largely influenced or even came out of, you could say, uh, Jamaican influence culture. So, uh, so yeah, anyway, um, there's a lot of different kinds of music. So check that out. Um, you know, got a, a, a great episode on deck for you all but before we get into that i just wanted to um kind of rehash a little bit of what we went over in episode three of season four got an opportunity to first right check in with jaime we talked about those pesky little smoke waivers and unite you know in usl the jump to usl championship and some of the uh concerns about the restrictions that are often placed on supporters and you know what does it mean to step into that franchise model and be have all these rules, you know what I mean, um, or a- additional rules maybe that that make some uneasy. So anyway, um, that's an interesting thing. Uh, but uh, it, it, I guess in, to a certain extent related to that, had a chat opportunity to talk with Jim Hicks, who is the co-host of the 423 pod out of Chattanooga. It's a Chattanooga FC supporter podcast. Uh, Jim's a good fella, man. Uh, we talked a lot about the relationship between Chattanooga FC, USL's history in Chattanooga, as it relates to CFC as well as the Chattanooga Red Wolves and Jim's, 
you know, perspective on that and the relationship between CFC and Detroit City FC and how that complicates the perception maybe of Detroit City making that move to the USL championship. Uh, it was a good conversation. We started that conversation off in, in in episode three, and then I did an extra time with Jim Hicks. So if you didn't get a chance, check out the interview in episode three, as well as the rest of the episode, obviously. But then um, look at the extra the the extra time with Jim Hicks, where it's a continuation of that that conversation between me and Jim. It was it was pretty cool. And, and uh, from my perspective, part of the the roots of what we were talking about was this question of is USL a predatory league? If that doesn't define them as a league, can is it fair to say that they've had predatory ways at times, right? And I would say, from my perspective, forget NISA, forget NASL comparisons. Let us be just accountable for what we're a part of as a club, Detroit City FC. Let's not allow those comparative examples to guide the moral compass there. And consider this beyond you know, attempting to attract existing clubs. I honestly, from my perspective, a league trying to attract existing clubs into their league because they feel like they might have a better home for them to flourish and there might be a mutually beneficial relationship. I actually have no problem with that. I don't think that that's an issue. I don't think that NPSL and UPSL and NISA and all that stuff, when, when they're doing stuff like that, like I don't see that as a necessarily a bad thing, especially when we're considering the USSF structure. Hey, boo-boo, how you doing? Especially when you're considering the USSF structure and um, the closed nature of that structure. Um, you know, there's a lot of things to consider as it relates. What's that? <laughs> you reading daddy's notes? <laughs> all right, boo-boo, go watch some TV. I love you. <laughs> so yeah. The, 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 you know, the interesting thing, though, like I said, was making that comparisons or not necessarily needing to make those comparisons, but looking at USL for what it is, um, considering those it's, it's actions, not only from a legal standpoint, right, which I think most of what they've done is legal. And some could say that some of what they've done is actually in ways in the best interest of them business wise. But then I think the question is the morality of it. So I think that it's not just about whether or not what USL does is legal or whether or not it's good business for them, uh, but whether or not what they're doing is actually moral and what is, is it, is it, is it good for the broader scope of American soccer? So I don't know. I think that it's a paradox that we can wrestle with, you know, just like the conversations going on about critical race theory. You know, I feel like you can acknowledge some of the all of the troubled history and the current dynamics in the United States while um, as it relates to race relations, while also loving your country and hoping for it's better for, for a better country, you know, for us to live up to our values. Yeah, I don't think that that doesn't have to be so difficult, you know what I mean, to do. But And I think about that in the same sense of USL. We're in USL. Look, we're here. USL championship. We're a part of that system now, you know what I mean? I don't have any – no stretch of my imagination would suggest that, that us alone as supporters or our club is going to change things. But, um, but we could be honest about it, and I think sometimes – Maybe we're not honest about it. Maybe we try to revise history a little bit to ease our cognitive dissonance. I don't know. That's just my perspective that maybe it's happening a little bit subconsciously. Anyway, that was a conversation with Jim or related to the conversation with Jim. Also had an opportunity to tunnel talk with Jaime, uh, Alan, Dennis, and myself. We talked about signings on the men's and women's side. Uh, the men's schedule, the U.S. Open Cups 
uh, match coming up against the Michigan Stars, a.k.a. Sharda. We talked about some Sharda history and um, also, in general, some expectations of our men on the pitch and USL championship with this jump. So, um, And then lastly, got to finish off the episode by having a nice sit-down conversation with Brad Dunwell. Nice fella, disciplined fella. I think a, an excellent addition um, to Detroit City FC. I look forward to seeing him blossom on the pitch. All right, up for this episode, I uh, got a variety of things. Like I said, um, first, we're going to do, uh, I'm going to do a couple of check-ins. I'm going to talk to uh, our newest contributor, Rod Green Sr. And me and Rod are going to talk about, you know, a discussion about the D3 squad for Detroit City um, and the ideas about them getting an automatic contract for the D2 move, you know what I mean? And the complications of that. Rod's a, a great person to speak on that. He's got a personal connection to that that you're so a lot of you will already know, but some of you might be introduced to. And I'll also get an opportunity to chat with TJ Winfrey, who is the chief of partnerships for Detroit City FC. Good, good chance, to, uh, good opportunity just to check in with TJ. Another thing that we're really going to focus on is a, a call for supporter civility. You know, there's been some concerns about how our supporters are when it comes to, you know, using certain kind of language and how we treat our opposition and things of that sort. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, we're going to have a public service announcement on behalf of uh, the 451 crew. And um, I'm going to get an opportunity also to sit down and chat a little bit with a gentleman named Paul. Paul was going back and forth with some of the supporters of the club, particularly Northern Guard supporters he was going back and forth with, telling them to clean up their language and whatnot. So I got a chance to kind of sit down with Paul and just get his perspective on things. And then we're also going to have an opportunity um, to step in the tunnel, have a little bit of a tunnel talk with, uh, you know, are the usual, Alan, Jaime, Dennis, and then we're going to welcome Rod this time. Hopefully we'll get a chance to welcome Rod this time. I know he's going to, he's been traveling a little bit, so hopefully he can make it back to come under the tunnel with us. We'll talk about, you know, the friendly results, uh, upcoming San Antonio match, some of the recent signings on the men's side and the women's side. Actually, it's primarily on the women's side, I think, since the last time we met. And uh, I get to close out the episode by uh, having a conversation with Nathan Steinwasher, a.k.a. Steinmonster, a.k.a. Turbo. <laughs> so it's going to be a good time, man. Uh, I, I really enjoyed sitting down and chatting with Nate. So I hope you all enjoy that. Let me go ahead and uh, get on the phone, make a few phone calls. We'll go ahead and uh, connect with Rod first. All right, y'all. One. Hello. Hey, Rod, how you doing? It's Red. Hey, pretty good, Red. How are you? Good, man. Just, uh, you know, getting some, some things done around here. I thought I'd uh, give you a call and, and check in with you and uh, welcome you to the 451 crew. It's part of the 451 podcast. Well, thank you. It's always good to talk to you. Yeah, man. Likewise. Uh, um, everything else uh, in life, life been going going smooth? Uh, now, yes. <laughs> yeah. It was, a, it was a tough week, but, uh, things have settled down now. Oh yeah. Well, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to, uh, to pick your brain on, and I, I know that there's been, um, I guess some developments in the, in, in the green household that in some ways are connected with this, but, uh, you know, there's been a conversation that has floated around on social media from time to time about, 
the club making the move to D2 in USL Championship. Previously, we were in D3, the uh, third tier of the pyramid, so to speak, right? That was the National Independent Soccer Association, which is one of two leagues that are at that. Well, now one of three leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, because the fellas who were on the squad last year on the men's side won the league at the D3 level that there were folks who felt that those players um, deserved a contract with the club as we made the move to D2. And it, it dawned on me when we were getting ready to connect to check in that you would be a perfect person um, to to kind of weigh in on this as a uh, you know the the father of one of the players that were part of that squad, <laughs> and then as a yeah. new, newest contributor of the four fifty one podcast. So, <laughs> what do you, what are your thoughts about it in general? Well, uh, yeah, it's an interesting topic. Uh, you know, you have these guys who've um, been around for a while on the team. I don't know, maybe in some cases, maybe up to seven years, and then uh, club you know moves up to D two. Do they go with them? You know, and as you know, and I do have an interesting perspective on it, having a son who, yeah, did participate at the D3 level uh, all that all that time. And uh, but my opinion is, I think that um, based at the level of the soccer at D2, you know, it's it's a whole different ball game. You have to have a, a certain a different kind of player. And uh, I don't think that uh, the players should should just be should just move with with the club when it goes to d2 i think you have to earn your spot because in order for um for us to be competitive going forward you have to have a a different kind of player and a player who's who's at that level so um yeah i think you had and even if you look at i mean this happens over over in europe you know these teams get promoted up and down and uh you know when a team goes from championship up to uh premier league uh as, as far as i know they don't take the full roster with them you know, yeah. they have to, a lot of, I think some of those players that, you know, you see them in the celebration, they're all excited about it, but some of them know at that point, that's the end for me. Cause I'm not going to, I'm not going, you know? And uh, so, yeah, I think, I think that, uh, you know, you have to get some, bring in a, a new squad so you can be competitive at the, at the USL championship level in our case. And I think, I think they did it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, it, it, it would, it's, it's a nice story, you know, when you can do that. Um, you know, obviously, Roddy, you know, was a player that not even just at the D3 level, but, you know, even when we were an amateur club and MPSL and then kind of made, well, I guess it might be a hybrid version of a professional team in the MPSL mm-hmm. Members Cup. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and then, and then of course, into uh, NISA, you know, as a fully um, professional club. Um, at least it, uh, I should say a club that was in a professionally a, a, a recognized professional league is probably what I should say according to the United States Soccer Federation right um, that you know it, it would, it's quite a story you know because Roddy's one of those players like uh, Cyrus like George you know like uh, Nate in different ways you know Stein Monster who has had a footprint with the club for a long time um, mm-hmm. you know that on the supporter side, there might be some folks that might not know that, that background. And, and, and that was a question I even put out on um, social media a little bit of, does anybody know a club in the world that 
obviously well in in systems that actually have promotion and relegation if they're if they're just starting off in d2s and that's presumably that they either won division three or they they won their promotion right because there's a playoff and some that do any of them keep their entire squad (laughs) you know i don't think that you find one and if you did they probably didn't last in d2 very long if they did i don't think they were competitive right right but but i actually um yesterday um roddy actually called me from um um chattanooga and I told him I was gonna uh, that we we're gonna be having a conversation about this. And I just wanted to. He, he said, "You know what? Yeah, you should have that conversation." And he said, "Just to let you know my perspective on it." He said that for him, he said he was not ready to compete at the uh, at the championship level, and he knew that. And he so and that's why he made the decision, you know, that he wasn't going to be a, a trialist or, or do any of that. He was just going to go go somewhere else, and and try to get you know get his game up to the next level level up you know so and that's why he made a decision to in his case he ended up at chattanooga and it's the best thing for him uh to get some get hopefully get some more playing time and if down the road he's able to you know improve his game and get up to championship level he, then he can do that but uh yeah he totally agreed with because with, uh, we hadn't hadn't talked about it before he agreed with me because i basically said no i don't think you can just take the players from d3 and move them to D2 and he said yeah I agree yeah he's, yeah he's a good case for that yep yeah, it was, and, and by the way, congratulations. I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty dope to see him. Uh, you know, if there was one club um, that we were connected to that I'd want to see somebody like Roddy playing for, other than Detroit City, <laughs> it would have been Chad Newton, you know, <laughs> given, given our relationship with him. Now, it was weird. I did notice, you know, the announcement and, and some of the supporters down there in Chattanooga telling, welcoming, welcoming him home. <laughs> I said, man, yeah. that, just, that gives me an itch. <laughs> <laughs> I I just reread your uh, your tweet, <laughs> and I said, "Oh yeah, I didn't even pay attention to the fact they welcomed him home, yeah. you know, because yeah, we, we are not from Chattanooga, so, <laughs> but uh, it's not our second home, or uh, I mean, our second home is you know Palo Alto, California, I'd say, or maybe maybe Denver, Colorado, but you know that's that that being said, it's very nice of them the way they've uh, they've accepted them to this point." And, uh, you know, I hope, it, I hope it works out. You've been out there before, haven't you? Actually, I haven't. I haven't had a chance. Oh, you haven't? Okay. No, I haven't, I haven't done a whole lot of traveling with the club. I just must, you know, my life hasn't enabled that, you know. Yeah. So I'd, well, I'd like to get down to Finley and check it out. Yeah, they're very, they're very nice people, very welcoming to the, uh, you know, the NGS community. There's a couple of times I've been out there. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to, I think it's going to work out for them. So. Yeah, I just, I just, we'll uh, last episode, actually, I just had a, um, uh, talk with uh, Jim Hicks, who's the co-host of the 423 Pod, one of the supporter podcasts for CFC, and we were talking okay. about the, uh, we'll say the complicated relationship between CFC USL and Detroit City <laughs> FC, and you know, so the relationship yeah. between Detroit and Chattanooga, what happened in Chattanooga with USL, and um, you know, and just just the complexities of it, you know, and he's, he's had very strong opinions about USL while also acknowledging, um, that it's complicated and, and, and it's, it's like, it's getting to that point of like, well, where else are you going to go? <laughs> yeah. But I, I agree with you. If there was a place for him to go, you know, it's tough to see him not wearing the rouge and gold, but uh, and, and, you know, I don't know if you've seen some of those pictures of him with that, with the blue gear on. It's, 
it takes a little uh i'm not quite used to that yet but there's a place to go it will be there i mean there's definitely a a, a closer place he could have gone but uh that was uh not gonna happen right right, right. and i'll just leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> well i'll just say thanks no, he went to chattanooga <laughs> no way <laughs> I can imagine who we're talking about. Well, uh, so how are how are you feeling heading into uh, into the season now, having the opportunity of really not that you haven't been a supporter in the past. You've always been a supporter, but there's also been another mm-hmm. dynamic of you supporting because your son was playing for the squad. Oh, I feel really good about it. I mean, I just saw something uh, Dion posted. Um, about him taking on a new role and but he's still going to be there and enjoying himself in the stands and and i feel this i feel that it's like he wrote it for me i I go yeah it's going to be a whole it's going to be like it was for me uh back in the cast tech days you know i just sat in the stands and i enjoyed myself and uh so i didn't have to worry about you know uh you know a kid out there getting hurt or how much playing time is you going to get or you know it's it's going to be completely different and i'm i'm really really looking forward to, forward to it and if i want to go uh you know over on the supporter side or actually the other side the family side and i want to go into the stands and grab a and grab a beer i don't have to worry about walking by the locker room and having the players look at me and go oh look at mr green he's got three beers in his hand <laughs> i'm like no i'm carrying them for the other people in the stands they're not all for me <laughs> and i can't tell you how many times that's actually happened <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine that that's something to juggle. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be. I, I think it's going to be really nice this year. Just sit there and, and, and enjoy the game, hang out with my friends over on the supporter side. Yep, looking yeah. forward to it. Well, we're only weeks away, so. Uh, oh, I know it's coming yeah. quick, isn't it? It is. It is. Well, well, I won't hold you up. Just wanted to call and check up with you um and if you don't have anything going on uh, a little bit later here i'm gonna head down to the tunnel and talk to the fellas you're more than welcome to join us absolutely love to join you cool man all right well uh i'll see you later and uh i'll see you down in the tunnel all right good talk to you hello hello hey tj what's going on this is red how you doing Hey, Red, how you doing, buddy? Not much, man. I just figured uh, I wanted to give you a call and check in with the Chief of Partnerships for Detroit City FC just to kind of get an idea of what uh, TJ uh, Winfrey has on uh, on deck for us um, here in the club coming up. Uh, so uh, so what do we have on – what do we have going on? Well, uh, well, first, um, thanks for calling me. <laughs> uh, you know – it's um it's it's always good to chat with you, Rev, because um as you know, you're you're certainly one of the first supporters that uh kind of reached out to me and kind of said, Hey, this is what we do here at DCFC. Um, here's how I can help. Uh, you know, and um, you know, you, you kinda keep me keep me on the straight and narrow. So um, I appreciate you and and uh, appreciate any time to chat. Yeah. Um yeah, man. So, um, in terms of uh, what what's going on, um, you know, first, uh, just just do a brief reflecting on twenty one. Um, as you know, um, I, I joined the team um, in uh, November of twenty twenty, and uh, we were, you know, I joined at a time where you know, we were getting right into it in terms of hey, we're going to start the season um, in, in May of twenty one, and 
you know, we need to bring in some deals and figure out uh, what we're doing on the partnership side. Um, my role at DCFC is um, you know, lead the partnerships team. So that's sponsorships. Um, that is also media and broadcast rights. Um, and then it's also, you know, working um, in the community as well um, in terms of partnerships there. So, um, yeah, last year, it's a couple of things that uh, come to mind in terms of highlights. Uh, you know, we launched the, the statewide uh, local broadcast deal, which was awesome uh, to, yeah. to have some coverage of our games um, in every major DMA um, in Michigan. Um, you know, we signed some uh, some really cool partners um, last year, uh, Ally, Googlefy, um, uh, to name to name a couple. I'm at the top of the year, um, and uh, and we also um, worked with uh, some some local local businesses as well. Uh, Mature, um, who was you know still doing some good stuff with us um, in terms of the owner Blazers. Yeah. Um, yeah, those those those, those look pretty nice, man. They look good. They look yeah, good, man. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. it's uh, our, our logo, <laughs> the, our crest is, is very intricate, so it's actually not an easy thing to do. But um, they they pulled it off, so yeah. uh, kudos to them. Um, head high, uh, came on last year. Body crave. Um, so you know, really extending ourselves into the community um, and really being a, re- a reflection of of Detroit. Um, and then, you know, I think to, to close out the year before um, I actually went on paternity leave uh, with the birth of my child in November of 2021, um, you know, right before that, uh, we kicked off uh, the Black Star Initiative, um, launched that a national program we launched in Detroit to, um, you know, to create uh, more accessibility and pathways um, in soccer uh, for, for Black youth. Um, and so that, that's a really important initiative um, uh, for the city, for the club, for myself, uh, for our community. I'm excited about that one again for next year. Um, one more thing that it probably flew a little bit under the radar that we did last year was, um, which will also form, you know, we talked about in 22, is we launched a, um, a partnership with Detroit Public Schools Community District. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, so it's it's unique, right? It's I can't think of many sports clubs that have a, a relationship like that uh, with um, a major public school system, right? right. Um, and so uh, one of the first things we did with them was we launched a, an indoor um, soccer league um, in the winter months uh, for uh, Detroit public school, uh, high school students. Um, that was uh, presented by Ally and Ally provided um financial literacy training uh for for the kids and as well as um jerseys and things like that uh, t-shirts so great great program and um i think that league plays on uh sunday what sundays right sunday evenings or something like that yep sundays yep it, it launched um launched in in the winter last year and uh just wrapped up um uh in january so um, that is uh, something we'll be bringing back for, for this year. But um, yeah, the first first one um, was was good, and so we we want to do more uh, for for next year. Good, good stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. man, it's been it's been awesome just to see you, you know, continue to embed yourself and just shine. You know what I mean? As part of this club, because uh, you know one of the things that that is really important to me as a supporter and is kind of a cornerstone to 
this podcast really is continuing to nurture the seeds that were planted as it relates to soccer Detroit and community you know what I mean and and that soccer mm-hmm. always you know from my perspective when it comes to this club the, the soccer is just the cherry on top you know what I mean the community that we're supporting and we're building you know what I mean and, and kind of trying to find ways to nurture and amplify and magnify some of the great things that are happening in our city already through the club mm-hmm. you know um is is you know the beauty of it all. You know, um, yeah. so and I don't know if you uh, if you I don't know if we talked about this or not, but that's the whole four fifty one is four minutes and fifty one seconds. Which when we mm. played Ann Arbor back in the day, we had a mm. match that after four minutes and fifty one seconds, it got called off. There was a huge rain thunderstorm and all this stuff, and all the supporters stayed out in the stands and basically sang for an hour, hour and a half through all the rain delays. The match actually never ended up happening, and so oh, to wow. me it was like it was uh, an example of devotion to communities like everybody was there even if there wasn't a soccer match so that's whole that's the whole 451 thing and I feel like when um, you were brought on board you know what I mean as somebody born and raised in the city you know what I mean and connected Mm -hmm. you know it was to me it was just another example of you know the club's commitment because you were putting somebody in a position you know what I mean who actually had some kind of say you know what I mean in the partnerships Mm -hmm. that were being developed and could actually nurture an authentic relationship you know with the community rather than just relying on you know service projects or you know some some nice statements that we might make at a certain period of time mm-hmm. there's actually seems to be a commitment and and um i mean in my opinion you know what i mean bringing you on board was a was an awesome investment so. well i appreciate that <laughs> um <laughs> appreciate that um you know it's man like like i said at the outset it's it's really you know folks like yourself um who have just said hey here's here's how we do things here um, here's history about the club. Like, you know, I, I did obviously a lot of research and still do a lot of research about the history of this club. Uh, but you all lived it, right? Like the, the story I tell people is I I left Michigan um, in 2011 after undergrad. And um, this club didn't even exist, right, when I left Michigan. So I came back in 2020 and, you know, I heard about uh, DCFC um, as I was living in various places uh, throughout the world and country um, in those last nine to 10 years. But when I came back in 2020, it was like, all right, here it is. Like, this is it. Um, and this is this is what uh, DCFC is about. So, um, yeah, so you guys have lived it. And I learned something every time I talk to you or, you know, Sean or some or, or another supporter or someone else who's who's affiliated with uh with the club um, and I'm all ears. Like that's, that's my philosophy, man. I'm just, I'm here to learn. And like you said, to not necessarily reinvent the wheel, but to amplify all the good things that are happening in the city. Cause there are so many good things. And um, there's, there's such a, a strong community of supporters that we have. It's just like, Hey, how can we amplify what's going on in the city um, through our club, through, through what's, what's already uh, through what we have here. So, um that's that's important to me and um yeah i'm just i'm just glad i could i could have um a small a small impact um and and help a bit in that so um so yeah so uh to to finish answering your question about about this year because i did i didn't fully get there yet um i keep on distracting you too (laughs) that's all good that's all good um 
you know, there, there's some uh, there's some cool things we have going on. You know, I think, um, you know, when you look at when you look at like a move to to USL championship for us, like a lot has changed. Right. In terms of day to day for me, like all the different things that this club has to offer to potential partners. Right. So, you know, for example, um, you know, you, it's no secret, like, you know, all of our games are going to be streamed. I'm on the men's side. I'm on ESPN Plus, right? Um, we have a couple of games that'll be on ESPN Linear Networks this year. So, uh, what does that do to change what we can offer to partners? And obviously, you know, what conversations we're having because, you know, people are starting to notice. Okay, well, um, you know, this they said the Detroit soccer team, and and yeah, and we we always knew that, right? Um, as a club, but um, you know, other people are are starting to notice uh, far and wide. So. Um, you know, starting with, I think our, our kind of, um, you know, uh, highlight or hero, hero piece that a lot of partners look for is, is how can they be a part of our Jersey? How can they be a part of our kit? So, uh, you'll certainly see, um, a couple of, a couple of new logos on there this year. Um, you know, a couple of ones that have been moved around a little bit. Um, so, so that'll be fun for this year. Uh, the, the kit looks Looks really clean as always. So, um, folks, folks will love to see that. Um, but you know, our our broadcasts are going to look look different in terms of the different like scoreboard graphics and um, in and out cars that come in out of commercial. Um, and, and there'll be uh, you know some new partners um, as a part of that. But um, you know, I talk about new partners, but you know, the thing that we're we're also proud of is that you know we're keeping on a lot of our partners that have committed to us last year and in previous years. Um, and, you know, that just speaks to kind of the longstanding relationship um, that they are committed to having with us and, and vice versa. So I'm excited about that. Um, you know, we're going to bring back uh, the Black Star Initiative um, this year. So that'll be happening um, uh, late late summer this year, uh, probably early fall, uh, definitely earlier than last year. Last year was in Halloween. Um, and uh and yeah so i mean those are just just a couple of things um yeah. but but to be honest with you red i'm in i'm in the thick of it right now like i'm where we myself um and chris who, who's on on the sponsorship team we're 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 signing deals um you know we're we're meeting with folks right now and so um literally day to day uh things may update in terms of um you know who, who's coming on and and things like that so Cool, cool. Well, definitely, uh, definitely look look forward to uh, continuing to see the Black Star Initiative grow. Um, you know, with this club, you know. Uh, yeah. And I wonder, is do you know, is there is there is there ways for that to intersect with the partnership that we have with Detroit Public Schools at all? Or it it is there there is. I think last year, just from a timing perspective. Um, with those two separate like entities, uh, we were kind of doing some things in parallel and trying to align things up. Didn't fully work out, but, um, but yeah, a hundred percent. There's, there's a complete synergy with DPS, CD and BSI. And, um, you know, the, the goal for me is to, is to really, um, call on DPS, CD and say, Hey, um, you know, who, who are the kids that are interested in soccer or may not be interested or, uh, and, and want to just try the hand at it, um, bring them out because, uh, you know, with BSI, like there's programming at every level, right? There's programming just entry level and you're just coming out, learning about the game. Um, there's programming at 
um, a more elite level, right? Where uh, we, you know, last year we had MLS scouts at the field house um, looking at guys, national scouts um, at other, at, at different colleges, um, looking at guys and saying, hey, what, what kind of talent do we have here in Detroit? Um, so, so, um, so, yeah, so there, there's certainly synergy with DPS City. Um, there'll be a bigger part of it this year. Uh, so we certainly look forward to that as well. Cool, cool. Well, man, thank you. I appreciate it. I don't want to hold you up. I just wanted to, you know, get the chance to just check in and maybe, uh, you know, maybe later down the, down the road here, uh, circle back and uh, check in with you at another time as well as things develop. Yeah, let's let's do it. We'll we'll see we'll see what's changed from from now then to then and <laughs> and in a future conversation. So I I appreciate you, Rip. Yeah, likewise, man. Iron sharpens iron. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, take it All easy. Right. All right, have a good one, man. I have the distinct pleasure of having my next guest, you know, um, before I introduce him, I just want to say, you know, this opportunity came about because I was observing on Twitter that uh, this gentleman has taken exception to how some of the supporters for our club, Detroit City FC, conduct themselves. He's had concern about the language that is used. He's had concerned about some of the messaging and just the general approach and the lack of civility. Um, you know, I, and, and honestly, I don't, you know, I, I, I speak my mind, so I don't always agree with my fellow supporters and they don't always agree with me. You know what I mean? We bumped heads plenty of times, you know what I'm saying? So that's not abnormal for things to emerge that we might disagree on it, but I felt like, you know, and not just me, but, you know, on behalf of the contributors for the 451 podcast, you know, felt like it was very important for us to provide the opportunity for this gentleman to just speak his piece. He's one of many people, you know what I mean, who has raised concerns about the conduct of our supporters, whether that be at away matches, on social media, at home matches, etc. So I want to go ahead and introduce Paul. And Paul, you know, the floor is yours. I just want to give you the opportunity to kind of share your grievances. So what's the deal, bro? So, 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 so just let me, I think that some of what you're saying is reasonable. Um, I, I, I do, I do wonder, I, I have to ask a question because this question may naturally come from most people who are watching this exchange that has been going on over the last couple of weeks, maybe month. I don't know. Um, you are somebody who at one point in time was a legitimate candidate for a very important position within the United States Soccer Federation. You did not get elected to that position. And 
Now, you find yourself on social media trying to clean other people's language up. What what happened from that point to now? Why, why this? You know, is it because there's a, I don't know, is it, is it because there's you're engaging an account with 25,000 followers or something like that? You know what I mean? And is you're trying to get attention or do you have legitimate criticism? <sighs> Okay, that's reasonable. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, Paul, my, I, I guess at the end of the day, I hear what you're saying. We understand your grievances in this situation. Or maybe it's not a situation, this ongoing culture of our club supporters. I think, well, I want to know from your perspective, what what is a common ground? What can be done to meet halfway? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. All right, so I think that at the end of the day, here's what I would encourage you. I would encourage you to come to Detroit, catch a match at Keyworth if you have not already. Check out the Detroit City Clubhouse, located within the field house. Grab a pie, eat some pie, maybe have a drink, whatever it is, watch some soccer. Get an opportunity to sit down with brothers and sisters of the Northern Guard. Okay. Uh, you might disagree with some things, this, that, the other thing. It's fine. You know what I mean? We don't all agree. I don't always agree with everything they do. But, but overall, it's a group of really good people who are doing some really good things, their hearts in the right place. So I think that. You know, there's some room for some reconciliation, or I don't know if it's reconciling or conciling or whatever it is. Settle down. All right. You're cut off, Paul. Look, let me just say this on behalf of the 451 crew, I want to thank you for joining us and sharing your concerns.
Rod, it's uh, yeah, it's right over here, right around the corner. Cool. Hey, hey, fellas, what's up? What's happening? What up, Dennis? What you up to? Uh, Dennis is a little quiet over there. Oh, I see. Dennis, Dennis is over there peeing. It's all right. Anyway, <laughs> man, how you're? Uh, Give him a minute. How's how's everybody? Uh, how's everybody doing? Can't complain. It feels like spring outside. So. Yeah. Well, well you all uh, you all know um, Rod, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, Rod. Uh, Rod's uh, joined us here as part of the 451 crew. You know, me and him checked in earlier today. You know, figured that uh, I'd bring him down here to the tunnel, Let's chop it up with the fellas. Uh, well, welcome to the tunnel. Thank you. It's a little more luxurious than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, it's getting a little crowdy. Yeah, it's, wait, till, it, wait till next time it rains. <laughs> it gets a little wet. Get a little wet down here. Well, thank you. Actually, did you just hear that? You got a Dennis. You got a goat running around here. Ah, uh, there's there's a legend of a goat, Red. Yeah, I I just heard a goat somewhere. I have, down I have not I have not seen him or her. Well, we we call heard. it a goat. We don't really know what it is. <laughs> well, anyway, it could man. be a goat. <laughs> could be. Well, I definitely heard some goat. I don't know. <laughs> Alan, man, you uh, what's what's uh, what's going on with these uh? I guess we had a couple of friendlies recently, huh? Oh yeah, it's preseason. That's friendly time. Uh, looks like we had one with uh, some uh, a local university. Uh, I think the weather kind of interfered with that one. We were going to have it on on the Oakland University's campus, but their uh, inflatable pitch uh, kind of took the brunt of a storm and. Uh, uh, I guess they had a power failure, and it, it uh, knocked out their inflation. So it was one of those big, you know, inflatable domes. Uh, I guess they they came in in the morning, and the dome was no more. It was it was gone. So uh, so I think they made some rearrangements. I'm not even sure where they played, but uh, we uh, we definitely uh, took care of business. Uh, we didn't get too many details. Uh, you know, the, the the thing about friendlies. Uh, especially preseason friendlies, uh, you, they kind of you you there, there's teams kind of handle it in different ways. Uh, sometimes you set up friendlies to play teams maybe that you know aren't going to be as much of a challenge, so that you can work on your tactics and your setup and all of that. And uh, and for other teams, you are that team for somebody else. So it looks like. Uh, uh, We've done a few friendlies, one with Oakland, and then looks like we went out to Phoenix. Uh, the squad went out to Phoenix to enjoy some of that warmer weather since it's cold as hell here. Uh, got, a, that, got, got a couple of uh, uh, highlights from that, at least on Twitter. Yeah, we got a little bit more information about that. Uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't televised, but we definitely got a little bit more details and uh uh, so that that that's the one I think people have been thinking about most lately because there that one uh, we did get more highlights from that. Got a little a little bit of a peek of uh, where uh, the gaffer's head might be, maybe uh, with at least who we have on the on the roster now. They showed us a uh, a projected formation. 
Absolutely. The, uh, that looks, it looks like what it probably would have been if that's everyone who was playing. Um, everybody seems in their normal positions there. And, uh, of course, the highlight of this friendly was we, we, we were treated to the, uh, the enjoyable spectacle of that finest of all footballers, trialist. Trialist, I mean, trialist is, that, that's the name that if you know anything about football, you know about trialist. The common name. Tri- trialist uh, never disappoints. That family has, they're everywhere. You find them in Europe and Asia and South America and North America. You know, I, I got to marry into that family because they got it going on. Uh, well, apparently you, you have to severely reproduce because they're popping up all over the place, too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so we, uh, we, we, uh, we got to see what trialists can offer, and we were impressed because uh, the, the trialists provided two goals, one of which was really spectacular. Uh, and uh, we're hoping to see a little bit more from trialists in the future, I think. And of course, we had uh, Hupato and Connor uh, were both out for that friendly. Um, word is they had some might might have got dinged up a little bit. Yeah, the uh, uh, so we 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 didn't get to see the everybody, but we got to see most of the squad and so, some of the new names as well. Uh, so it was nice to 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 get them going, getting their their rhythm going with the other. The other guys, uh, some of the veteran players on the squad. So uh, uh, Nate Steinwasher, got to got to got to talk about Nate. Some of the some of the best saves. I mean, the you, you figure like preseason, a little bit of rust. Uh, he was he was in midseason form, just batting him out. Uh, kicking him out, and uh, I, I, I think he, he, he ca- caused uh, Phoenix a lot of frustration in that game. I think yeah. they, uh, they were anticipating that uh, they were going to get a little bit more going on goal. Yeah, word is that uh, Stein Monster got nuts. <laughs> well, he's a, full, he's a full-time professional player now, so, I mean, he's getting in some really good training, and uh, he did not disappoint, did he? No, he did not. He... Uh, uh, I mean, we love what he can do, and he put that on display. So that was, that was, that was probably the highlight. His record he put it all on the line. Oh, sorry. He put it all on the line. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Hi, mate. What were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say his record saving penalties is quite astonishing. Like I, I would have to go back and like count, but he's he saves penalties on a regular basis. I know. It's wild. It's wild, man. He's just automatic. He gets a good jump on him. Yeah. He seems he, he's good at reading them. Yeah. Get a chance. Get a chance to actually chop. Actually, when I take off from you guys, I'm gonna go chop it up with him a bit. Get a chance to talk to him a bit. Yeah. Um. Are we going to? Uh, are we gonna talk about any of the trialists? Like, uh, I think it's kind of an open secret who the two goal trialist was. Or are we going to save that? Yeah, I think uh, let's circle back he was around. There on Sunday, right? Yeah. Well, we we had uh, the two trialists up top. Do we know who the two trialists were that started? Because because we have because we got three, right? Well, actually, right. Look, oh, there's actually two other trialists. I don't know who they are. There were five trialists in Phoenix. Right. 
And three we know, of them were there on Sunday. Which is the annual owners meeting. At the yeah. annual owners meeting, yeah. I believe the two that started were Billy and Francis. Billy Forbes and Francis Athuani. That would be my assumption too. It would be those and I two. think Francis scored the two goals. So yeah. Yeah. he's a he's an exciting one. Yeah. Yeah. When we had uh what else we had we had a another uh, I don't know if it was a friendly but a, a little deal with University of Detroit Mercy as well, right? Yeah, a keyword yesterday. Tuesday, Monday. So what do you what do you what, what what's the you know, your guys' thoughts on at least uh what we know of the squad from these three from these three uh, friendlies slash the scrimmage, um, any thoughts? Does it provide any clarity at all for anybody? Well, I think, like, I mean, if you look at the lineup from the Phoenix game, it it, it does look like a pretty typical uh, Trevor James uh, starting 11. Um Obviously, with some injured players, but I mean that could be pretty close to what we see against San Antonio in the first game, uh, pending other other signings. But um... is is that with with the with the formation that they use here in Phoenix? All right, they had obviously the back three, and then you've got Declan on the left wing, Reese on the right wing, Maxi and Brad in the. Uh, Center mid in um, Hopano was it Opano, right now? No. That, yeah, right, right, right. Uh, now in the past, did 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 the did is this the same exact formation that we did, or was there one center midfielder that hung back and the other two were pushed forward a little bit, like Maxi and Brad, for example, being ahead of Opano. Uh, I think it's pretty similar to what we played last the last season or so um, with the wing backs overlapping, um, and I don't remember. I think Connor would usually play in the in the open O role there. We should we're just gonna have to start calling him the flow going forward. I think. Yeah. <laughs> open O flow, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so easy. So I think. Yeah, I think Connor usually plays in the in the flow role there, um, behind whoever's up top, whether it's Pato and Yazid or, in this case, Billy and Francis. Yeah. Well, with with what we had in um, Phoenix, what and and between that and the annual owners meeting. Which were the? I guess they were kind of like soft announcements, right? With Yazid, uh, Francis, and Billy. Yeah. Um, that puts us at 17 players announced, which worries some. But you know, um, our our uh, our opener, which is against San Antonio FC on March 12th in San Antonio, I did some digging uh, just to kind of get an idea of what's going on with them and. From what I've been able to gather, they only have 19 that are announced right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looked like, based off of what I was reading from Spence, is the – is, 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 are you sure the, is the minimum 18 or 23? 
Because Spence in his article was talking about a 18 man roster. So for I the think match, he was the match day match squad day. is 18. What's that again? The the match day squad is 18, so you can dress 18 players for any one particular game. Um, I had heard that there's a minimum roster like for USL for like the season of 23. So I don't know if that's true or not. I haven't been able to find that exactly, but. And that's what you've been saying, Dennis, right? 23, that's where you're getting that number from? 23, I don't remember where it came from, but it was earlier, like early on after we announced USL, someone had a had a dredge through the rules or whatever was the latest handbook they could find, I think, which yeah. might have been a year or two ago, though. Okay. But I think generally leagues like this usually require you to have 23 in the squad because it's a longer season and like if you if you get a couple of injuries to like a position you can be pretty pretty much like out of it like with with no players to come in there or whatever so right right yeah and there's no doubt we're gonna have some injuries so uh i mean i know we were worried right. when we we're down there around 13 or 14 people but i mean we're, we're, we're turning in the right direction up there by 17 now but we definitely obviously need to get uh, another keeper in here right before the match comes up or two, yeah. Yeah. Or two, yeah. yep. Well, uh, I was I was digging around just because, you know, in preparation for the mat, the March 12th match, just thinking about, like, who we're playing and whatnot, and um, had had dug up a little bit of information about San Antonio FC, and feel free to chime in. But um, San Antonio FC, who is the first match, uh, first club that we play in USL Championship, we're going to travel out to San Antonio. Um club kind of has its roots right in uh in in the san antonio scorpions who started back in 2010 in nasl and dissolved in 2015 i think it was like december of 2015 or so november or december of 2015 and actually interestingly enough a year prior to them dissolving is when the san antonio they, they won the league in nasl Beating Fort Lauderdale, and if I'm not the Fort Lauderdale Strokers, um, and if I'm not uh, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> the winning goal was scored by Billy Forbes. I think I saw that just today, in that in that championship match, Billy Forbes scored the winning goal for San Antonio to win that championship match. Ah, I'm not kidding. No. Um, just something that I thought was interesting, which um, not surprising, but interesting in terms of how we make sense of these clubs that. You dissolve and then they pop up in a different form and whether or not they're the same club or not. S, uh, San Antonio FC, although they've won a national championship at the D2 level. Actually, no, that would have been D3 back then, right? NASL back then was D, no, D2. Yeah. Um, won a national championship. Notably, San Antonio FC doesn't, they don't don the star above their crest. So I know we were talking about the annual owners meeting. And whether or not we should or not, but that might show that disconnect um, and that they recognize it too. I don't know. Um, Scorpions grounds, Toyota Field, uh, was where they played off. Um, that was sold off to the city and the county. Um, and at the same time, the county had an agreement with Spurs Sports and Entertainment to lease the stadium out to them um, as part of their bid for a USL championship franchise well it wasn't usl championship then right usl pro maybe back then yeah um so uh you know according at least to the wikipedia history there they're saying that uh the club was really established initially as purpose to lure mls franchise to the city and then um under its current iteration san antonio fc 
they launched in 2016, January of 2016, and currently right now, so they'll be heading into their seventh season here, coached by Alan Marcina. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Um, the grounds, Toyota Stadium, uh, comparable in terms of capacity to Keyworth. I think it's just over 8,000 or so, a few hundred above us. Um, and uh, shortly after they started San Antonio FC, in 2017 they were officially an affiliate of um, New York City FC. And uh, apparently, uh, as as much as I can see, you know, and y'all might know a little bit more about this, but I don't see that there's that affiliation anymore, which isn't surprising. In their six seasons of existence in the USL Championship, I just want to point out that they did not make the playoff three of those years. <laughs> just make sure to point that out. Last year was their best finish in USL Championship. They bowed out to uh, who would have been the oh, I put Oakland County. I mean Orange County FC in the conference finals. That's the best finish that they've had um, in USL Championship. They finished second in the Mountain Division. Um, prior to the playoffs there. A couple of supporter groups that got uh, crocodile tears and uh, Mission City Sperm that are their two their two biggest uh their two biggest uh, supporter groups. So uh, their real name. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I read. I don't know. Wow. Cro- wow. Yeah. Little little there could be thousands of them. Yeah, it, it's, it's <laughs> thousands of little Mission City Sperm running all over the place. We'll see we'll see who wins. Right? So yeah, I, I might be getting the uh, the pronunciation of the first one wrong, but it looked like it cracked out tears. That's what I saw. So, and then, and then, like I said, Rick, right now they had a couple of uh, preseason matches um, here. Um, I want to say that they got I want to say they got waxed by D- uh, Dallas FC, like four zero or something like that. Um, and then uh, I can't remember the other ones. I think I got distracted or had too many espresso shots when I was doing my research. So. <laughs> I think they played a game before our game against them also. I think they played somebody else the same day. Okay, okay. Um, with more of their youth players, maybe. Gotcha, gotcha. But at least, you know, one of the things, like I said, you know, when we were talking about the roster and stuff like that, that, that their, you know, um, established side in USL Championship, you know, not that f- they're just as far out as us. Oh, actually, yeah. You are. Were you saying, Dennis, that they got one match? Their open, their op- our opener against them isn't their opener, right? They have a match before they play us at home. Um, San Antonio. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they, I mean, so they're even closer. I believe they're even closer to their actual opener. And right now, as far as I could see, um, they only have 19 announced. So. Um, you know, for our supporters, you know what I mean, who might be a, a, on a little edge. I mean, I'm one of them, you know, <laughs> seeing who else. <laughs> I see Jaime, you too. <laughs> also a little nervous. Yeah, yeah. How you all feeling? I think also with MLS starting last week, there's probably going to be some players who are maybe on the bubble of some MLS teams who, who will want to maybe move on, you know, in the next little bit here if they if they don't think they're going to be getting – some game time um and i know we've been doing some sleuthing and we've we've seen at least one player who has started like in um dcfc social feeds in the last few days so i think there could be more brewing than we've been let in on i know someone also mentioned that there was in that scrimmage yesterday um 
I don't know if we snuck our intern into Keyworth or who told me this, but they they did say there was a keeper on the bench for City also in that scrimmage. So, all right, nice. But they couldn't tell who. Right. Yeah, it looks like uh, San Antonio opens against El Paso, um, that's or right. maybe that's a friendly. That's what it is, yeah. I yeah, that's think, a friendly. Yeah, so, that's what it was. I saw it and I thought it was a match, but then I looked on their official schedule and I didn't see it. So yeah. yeah so they PPD PPD, so yeah, it's probably not a probably a friendly. Yeah. yeah, so they 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 had a friendly against FC Dallas. They lost six nil. They had a friendly against uh, Tulsa and lost one nil, and they're gonna have a friendly this Saturday against El Paso. So, you know. What can you say about preseason games? You know, if you win, great. If you lose, well, you know, it's just a preseason thing. No big deal. So uh, they're in the definitely no big deal, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, not having any wins going into that, we'll have to see what happens in, uh, for the game against El Paso. That's in San Antonio. Right, right. Well, and then we can uh, touch on the, the men's signings maybe. Uh, but um, before that, you know, you know, we only have limited time down here in the tunnel before the cops come. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, but women's signings at least touch on them now. Maybe we can circle back as the women's season gets a little bit closer and and kind of uh, go into more depth. But since the men are getting ready for their their opener here, I think it'd be good to have that conversation. But with the women's signings over the last what week and a half or so, we've had um, Megan Miles, who uh, was announced, Rachel uh, Philpotts. Becca, um, I don't know how to pronounce Becca's last name. Uh, uh, Prisbilla? Uh, Prisbilla. Um, Gabby Shriver, Bethany Copel, Margaret Berry, Grace Philpotts, Gabby Tremont, and uh, <laughs> Katia Murphy, which uh, I think we, we got a little bit of a notification earlier. She got announced uh, yesterday. Um you know, obviously, a, a maybe a little mix-up with communication and whatnot, but um, definitely uh, a good group. You know, a lot. I think most most of them are returners. Uh, I can't remember yeah. who it was that wasn't. Yeah, mo- of most of them uh, were were in the inaugural squad, which is cool. You know, they uh, they liked what they saw and wanted to come back. So that's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, that's always interesting to me when I'm chatting with players, like what brought you here and then what brought you back. You know what I mean? Because you bring you here, you could have a horrible experience and bounce. Yeah, right. Right. I think Acadia signed last year but didn't end up playing. Right. Oh, yeah. She's, she's what, a sophomore now? or? Yeah, I think she was a freshman last year. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I, I don't remember what happened, but re- reading up on her this week on in Sean's report, I think um, she signed and then didn't end up playing for whatever reason. Jaime, what we got on the uh, the men's side there? Well, I mean, they announced Forbes today officially, um, and then unofficially official. I think from the from the meeting, it uh, was Yazid Matthews. <clears throat> And uh, Francis Atuahani. Um, so three three attacking players, uh, which I think is great. Um, obviously, we know Yazid from the last few years. He's been around. Um, one of those big target guys that, that Trevor James really likes uh, to use up front. Um, 
super good guy too. Like he's just a humble, quiet, uh, hardworking dude. So I, I was really glad to see him back. Um, Forbes, uh, I mean, he's like the the definition of like a kind of a journeyman player. He's like been around a bunch of teams, but he's got great experience at at the USL level. Um, like we were saying earlier. Um, He's not a super prolific goal scorer, um, but I think like what stands out, like when I've been, you know, watching some of his his past games, is like he's got the pace and the power, like as an attacker, um, that maybe stands out from some of the other guys in the squad. In that that second goal against Phoenix, um, I mean, he picked up the ball like just inside the Phoenix half, and he just pushed it past the defender, outran him before he slid it across, you know, for, for basically a tap-in. So that kind of speed, like, I mean, even though he's a little bit older, he still seems to have that speed, um, which I think will be really key um, for the upcoming year. And then I'll just say a couple words about Francis, because I got to see him play up close at Michigan for his three years. And, like, people will be excited when he's, like, they announce him officially, but, like, not excited enough. Like, this guy... <laughs> Cool. is a legit baller um you know he's like a top three pick in the mls super draft and he just he can flat out play like he he scores with his left scores with his right underrated header of the ball like for a guy who's not that tall he's like got great leaping ability um and he's just exciting to watch like he's the kind of player that gets people out of their seats like he, he's great one-on-one player creates danger like whenever he gets the ball um, so he's a, he's a big time. So he's, I think he's struggled to stay healthy, uh, in his pro career so far. Like he's kind of like been out on loan a couple of times from SC Dallas and like would play like eight or nine games. And then last year with Memphis, I think he got 18, um, but still only like half a season. So I think if he can stay on the field, like this, there's like no ceiling almost like he could legit be the best player in the league if, if he stays healthy and, um, so yeah, I'm psyched about that one because he's he's a really good player. I saw that uh, I saw that highlight of he scored in his MLS debut for FC Dallas in like what was it like it was like twenty to forty seconds something like that maybe it was it was almost his first touch of the ball yeah yeah and and it was <laughs> a freaking nice. smooth smooth <laughs> shot outside of his right he curled it right into the corner yeah yeah. yeah. So what do you all, you know, where are the missing pieces? I know I know, folks have been talking a little bit about um, whether or not Cyrus is coming back. Um, and then just thinking about some other areas that we might be missing pieces for in order to compete in the USL Championship. I think a big question was up front until we got those three on stage on Sunday. Um, it seemed like we were very, very light in the the attacking third. Um, so they've sort of addressed that now. I think, like we, like Rod mentioned earlier, we need a we need a, a keeper or two. Um, possible that there's one already on trial, maybe. Um, but we still got a we still got a what should we call him? Like the white whale out there. The world is still. Yeah. It seems like it seems like a, we we've got a good starting lineup. Should be very competitive. It's the bench. It's the bench that's a concern. 
Mm-hmm. One of these guys picks up an injury. Who who do we have that can can fill that space? Uh, that that's what I want to see at this point. Is we're, we're probably not going to get any splashy signings, but right. we got to figure out you know who who's going to populate some of these positions uh, as coverage, and that's uh, it's a long season, so uh, we can't ignore that. It's uh, you know is it going to be former players or, or current people that didn't make the cut out of the NISA squad, uh, other NISA players, uh, really don't, the Academy hasn't gone long enough where we've got any prospects coming out. Mm-hmm. That's, that's probably a year or two down the road, at least where that, 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 that transmission mechanism, that tra- transmission belt's going to start up. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of players in the area. So, we might see some people that we may have seen at, uh, like, you know, USL League Two squads, uh, Midwest Premier League is probably another pool of players that we can draw upon. Uh, but yeah, we're going to need some more heads uh, for sure. Yeah, you're right. It's a long schedule, and we don't even know exactly what's happened with these, uh, you know, these other matches that might filter in some friendlies. And uh, we need some squad rotation for those games and, you know, any cup matches we have. So, yeah, we definitely have to bring some people in. And one thing that I do recall is Trevor seems to bring the keepers, add these keepers late in, in the season. Not late in the season, but kind of before it starts. So I think he's probably got some things in the works there. Yeah, okay. yeah it's, it seems like, is it just me or it seems like, and this isn't a criticism, it's just me just being observant and not knowing what's behind it. It always seems like we're in this position with keepers. Like we're yeah. always we're, we're always saying like who's yeah. okay, who else is coming? And then Armando showed up. Remember? That was oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's like who yeah. is this guy? Yeah, and I think uh, even even Nate, you know what I mean. One of the reasons he played in the Members Cup was because we didn't have a keeper. Well, I love Eric, the the goalkeeper coach. He's always got his gloves ready, but like if he's on the bench, we're we're, we're in trouble. So. I don't think we're going to see that this year. <laughs> well, the, well, I mean, speaking of which, the 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 New Amsterdam keeper uh, apparently doesn't have a league to play in. Oh, oh man, get him on the phone. He's looking for some minutes. Him bring him to bring some pizza. Too soon. So that's the soon. guy that's been hanging around the gate at Keyworth. Oh, okay. I didn't know him by by. by... That's I who think that I saw him okay. in the tunnel. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that may be the goat. <laughs> Dennis, uh, Dennis, you with us? Are you in deep thought? <laughs> well, why? So, well, what do you all think about um, the? Well, Dennis, you. What about the? Uh, the uh, uh, we had some news on the sponsorship sponsorship tip, huh? We did, we did. We had a we had a uh, eventful Monday, I'll say, an eventful Monday. I think the sponsorship news got dropped Sunday night at the meeting that uh, Bang Energy were going to come in as a well, it was announced as a, a sponsor, uh, like a game day sponsorship maybe but uh turned out they were going to be on the sleeve also of the shirts or at least one of the shirts um and 
doing a bit of a, a, a not even a deep dive a shallow dive into bang energy you can find some extremely questionable uh stuff from their owner and founder who it's not it's not like he's a a background owner you know he's front and center in all their promotional stuff and he travels with their athletes that they sponsor who i would also consider like questionable questionable uh in some of their own views but also there's a lot with the company where they've been sued a couple times um for claims that they make about their drinks um they're they're also like their parent company is like they claim to be like a pharmaceuticals company almost so they they run certain like diets and stuff that involve their drinks and they've made claims in the past that their drinks can uh counter the effects of dementia and different things um which they were sued for and had to like admit in court that like there's no basis for that um then their marketing would be i mean we're all adults right so do what you want but i just don't think it would fit in with the ethos the ethos of like the the atmosphere at a city game if they were to send one of their merchandise teams out because it's like scantily clad people like firing money into crowds and like it's just wow i don't think it would play well with the with the audience um so it was quickly jumped on by the supporters um by the supporters groups by like individual supporters and like less than 24 hours after the announcement they announced that they were going to cut ties with that sponsorship so in the end i think it, it got us all it got us all a bit riled up about like how it happened why they would do this um and then in the end it kind of showed that they do really listen to the supporters um like that if if we kick up enough of a a fuss quickly and and show what our reasoning is like they're very willing to listen and to reverse course and apologize yeah that was that was uh, to me you know uh, i <laughs> i was still trying to dig in and find information you know what i mean uh, obviously none of it looked good <laughs> you know but um making sense of you know connections and whatnot and before you knew it um you know the club said we hear you and uh we're severing ties you know and I think that that um, man is that is that turning lemon <laughs> lemon into lemonade. You know what I mean? To be able to flip that the way that they did flip that um, just reinforced uh, for me why I absolutely love this club. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I, agree, it, I agree with you. Go ahead. Yeah, it. City supporters have not been shy about. Uh, expressing our views of the vendors of other clubs. And uh, I think we got a little taste of, uh, of our own medicine this time. Uh, and I, you know, this is not to put it on the club, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we didn't really know who they were initially. So we were like, okay, cool. And, and once kind of, we, we, we started looking to who these folks are and then it was like, no, this is not a good fit for the culture. Uh, and uh you know some people said hey you know guess what you know city does it too and you know that was not a good look for us but uh the fact that the the, the club took that feedback and 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 it 
saw that it was sincere and that we had we meaning that a lot of the supporters who follow this stuff uh had some issues with this and it wasn't just one thing it was multi on multiple levels like dennis said uh that uh this is not a good fit for for detroit city uh that they they moved on it and uh were able to resolve the situation uh and uh it was not probably not an easy decision because uh e even in the presentation at the owners meeting uh it was expressed that this was going to be a major sponsor so uh it was a financial impact uh to doing this so club did the right thing uh we can move forward now and uh that's that's the most important part of the whole episode yeah, I really like the fact that they jumped on it. Uh, I mean, so quickly, like you said, Red, you were doing research. I was doing research, and by the time I even got to it, I mean, it was over. I mean, they uh, yeah. they saw which way, they saw which way the wind was blowing, and it was a, a very smelly wind. And uh, <laughs> yeah, for, for real, they, they put that they put that to bed because we didn't want to be in the same boat as uh, you know, Kate Chicken, as you recall from a, <laughs> we're heading towards Haterade, weren't we? So uh, yeah. <laughs> They, they, they killed that real quick, and uh, I'm, I'm glad they did it, and I think it shows they do listen to everybody. So uh, I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing that stood out to me is that, like, you know, there are teams, a couple teams who, and I think we've been on the boat of, like, trying to help supporters groups, too, to get their questionable sponsorships out there. And like, it's not to diminish any of the work that anybody's doing at those clubs. Cause I know there's people at those clubs who are pushing hard for these sponsorships to end to the point where some of them have like offered to put up the money instead or to raise the money instead that to cover that sponsorship. Yeah. And like, it, it, it's just like, they're talking to a, a brick wall down there. Like they just can't, they just can't seem to make any headway with it. And the fact that we were able to like voice our concerns send a couple send some emails send some tweets and within a day it was sorted like that just it just shows like what a cut above like our our management group are that they would listen that quickly and and sort out a solution i can't i can't imagine uh lou you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> well fellas i got i actually got to get uh pushing off here uh i got stein monster waiting for me in uh one of these rooms down here in the tunnel <laughs> speaking speaking of talking to a brick wall yeah, exactly, exactly exactly man but in a good uh way. man it's always always awesome to to catch up with y'all all right of course, of course. cool and rod be here. welcome welcome to the crew man yeah all welcome rod <laughs> all right y'all i'm gonna take off all right all right have a good one later thank you Nate Steinwasher, um, go by a lot of different names. I don't know, some of the teammates call me Turbo because I, uh, I'm an accountant on the side as well. So I know I know some of the, some of the fans like to call me, I think it's Stein, Stein Monster. So um, 
yeah, I go by a lot of names, but so I, I grew up um, right around here, Sterling Heights. I went to Sterling Heights Stevenson High School, um, played for some local clubs, and then I played college at Detroit Mercy, um, graduated there, and I got my accounting degree. So I, I started, you know, I started studying for accounting and I got my CPA license. So I've been working as a CPA now for oof, um, four or five years. Um, time kind of flies after you graduate, but yeah. So, so I've been working that for a bit. Um, and then, yeah, I've been out, in and out of Detroit city um, playing since. So that, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into that a bit too, but I guess 2012, I was in college still. I was my, my freshman year uh, going into my redshirt freshman year. Cause I was injured um, in that fall. I was training with the first ever Detroit city team. So, I mean, pretty cool to say I was, I was kind of there from the start, but um, yeah, so there's that. And then I played for um, the Michigan bucks, a couple summers, two out of the three following summers. Um, and then in 2016, the first year back at Keyworth was when I rejoined Detroit city. And then, you know, the, the rest is kind of history. I've been, been with them since and had a three month stint in uh, Sweden. So um yeah i mean and that's that's my soccer career my uh, working and school career and then just me as a person i mean i yeah i mean you get to know me as you know you talk to me a bit more but you know i have i have a wife um been married now for a year and a half um we just had our first baby so little noah um he's seven months old going on seven months old so yeah time time's kind of flying over here at the Steinwasser household but yeah everything's everything's uh good so that's I mean that that's it for I mean about me and then we can get into more for sure yeah um uh funny thing I I think I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure but I think I'm responsible for the Stein monster nickname oh is that you I think so, but but it but it popped up during. So I, I you know I quit drinking like two years ago, so it's possible that when it happened back then that I thought that I did and I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 funny thing, I don't know if you remember or not. I've I've actually um actually met your wife before. I think it was. Um, I want to say it might have been before you all got married, but um, it's a funny story. I tell people about this. I think I remember mentioning it to you, but you were kind of in transition um, when we first opened up the field house. Okay. And we had that uh, match at the field house with all, like, there were current and former players. The the alumni game. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, I remember I was uh, chatting with. Oh yeah, this was this was more than two years ago because I was drinking that night, <laughs> and I remember I said to somebody I was talking to a supporter, you you were in goal, and uh, and I said, I don't know, Nate 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 had a couple of uh, you know um, uh, had a couple moments on the ball. He wasn't looking too crisp, you know what I mean? And I and I must have said it a little loud, you know. And I looked over, and there was this woman that gave me this death stare, and I and I just had a moment internally where I said. That's I guarantee that that's Nate's better half. (laughs) And I went up to her like a few minutes later and I said, yeah, I said, you're Nate's girlfriend, aren't you? And she said, yeah. And I said, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I say he will mop the floor with me on the pitch now anyway, but (laughs) it was just kind of a funny situation. Um, And then 
the the funny thing is is that like honestly you know you you had just you had done an excellent job even in that you yeah. know what i mean but it was indoor yeah. and whatnot and uh yeah it, yeah funny. whatever you know yeah but uh what are so Nate? What are some of the things that uh, you know outside of soccer that you do that that you're passionate about? Obviously, your family. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we we got to. I mean, just had the baby, so spending time with family. Um, you know, one thing that Katie and I both love to do that really we we haven't done too much, even you know since we got married, and that's probably like COVID and everything. Um, is travel. We we love to travel. Actually, when I proposed to her, we were um, we went on a hiking trip. Uh, in Colorado, in Estes Park, there in the Rocky Mountains. So, so yeah, we we love to travel. Um, I mean, anywhere we can, kind of. We we love driving up north um, to the UP in the summertime. We actually did that with the dog. Um, I think two months before Noah was born, she Katie called it kind of like a baby moon. Um, but that, I guess that's the thing. So we we went up there, spent like a long weekend, four or five days, um, just got away. It was more like a camp big trip um went for a couple walks i mean she couldn't do too much she was seven and a half months pregnant so but she wanted to do it and um we brought the dog with us so spent some time on the beach up there and yeah we just we kind of just love to get away and you know spend time just ourselves and um yeah so anytime we get get to do that um i i am a i am a winter sports fanatic uh kind of as well i, I grew up skiing you know, every year we'd go up to Boyne as a family. Um, so I, I snowboard now, but I, and that's another thing I, I'd love to do more, but obviously soccer and everything um, doesn't allow me to do it as much as I'd like to, but, you know, definitely something once I'm retired, I, I'm going to do as much as possible. Well, you know, um, I, in the last episode, and which will be episode three, um, I got a chance to sit down and chat with Brad Dunwell, and he's he's quite oh, a win, winter sports guy too. Is he? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I I I could see him being a what skier, right? Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's uh, yeah. Brad's Brad's from Grand Rapids too, so kind of a Michigander. Yeah, so probably similar going up north and skiing and everything. But yeah, that's that's something I, I'd love to do more. Um, I haven't been out to Colorado or kind of the Rocky Mountains or U- Utah and Lake Tahoe. I- I'd love to go to one of those places just to experience like snowboarding on a mountain. Um, but yeah, that's definitely on my bucket list soon enough. Yeah. I was telling him a story when we were chatting about the first time I went snowboarding and um, I, uh, you know, I used to be the type of person that would get a little bit over my head. You know, I'd learn the basics and think that I knew it all. Yeah. And uh, so I went down to Bunny Hill, you know what I mean, sometimes and learned some basics. And before you knew it, I went down one of the whatever it was. Like, I think it was at Mount Holly. Um, oh, no. What's the, 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 the steeper hills was, or the Black Diamonds yeah, or something. The black Diamonds, yeah. And, and I went straight down. I didn't know anything about what do you call it going side by side. Yeah, yeah I think weaving. Yeah, you can call it weaving. That's what I'll call it. Yeah, yeah, and and all of a sudden I just hit a jump, and I didn't even see the jump coming. I just knew oh, that I no. was way in the air, and yeah, uh, yeah I, if I I'm 41 now, if I would have tried, if I would have done that now, <laughs> I wouldn't have been yeah. getting up. <laughs> no, yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, I could. I mean, sometimes you start going down the hills, and you're like, yeah, I, I got this, and you know, I, I'm guilty of that at times too. I'll pick up speed, and then you're like, and then you get so much speed that you're just like, oh, 
like, oh crap, like I don't know how to slow down. And he just end up what I do, some what I did sometimes when I was really like learning and I pick up a little too much, I just fall, just take it. My body would eat it. And I'd be well, it could have been worse. <laughs> it's a pretty humbling experience when uh yeah. when your heels hit the back of your head. <laughs> I remember rolling down the hill. Yeah. Oh man. Well uh so what speaking of, you know, your you know, um, I would say like, you know, your rise, you know what I mean? As, as a keeper and, you know, you, the work that you've done to get your degree, being a CPA and, um, you know what I mean? Growing your family and all this thing, uh, all these other things that are going on outside of, you know, soccer. Uh, what, what is it that drives you to greatness and what keeps you excelling in your life? Huh. Um, I don't know. I think, I think just, Oh, that's, that's a good question. Really. Um, a lot. I mean, I set my, I set high goals for myself. So, I mean, I hold myself to a high standard and, you know, I, I listen to some of those motivational speeches and everything. And one, one thing that always kind of comes back to me is that like, um, if you're going to do something, why not just be the best you can be at it? And that's kind of, that's kind of how I've, I've started to, you know, live my life per se i mean soccer like i if, if i'm gonna do it and do this professional soccer thing i'm gonna be the best i can be at it and you know work wise if if i'm gonna continue accounting like i'm gonna keep trying and working and try to get as you know as smart and learn as much as i can while doing it um so yeah i think i think just having the open mind that like i don't know everything and i'm and i'm never the best I can be. So there's always room for improvement. Um, I think that definitely like keeps me going and um, keeps me kind of on that upwards trajectory. And, you know, there's always, there's always days like where I don't feel like getting up or I don't feel like working out or something like that. But um, yeah, I think just looking at things more, more like long-term um, rather than just, you know, one day is not going to get the job done. Um, it's, it's continuous days of improvement over time. And um yeah, I mean, just taking one step at a time and knowing what the end goal is, um, but at the same time, like enjoying the journey while I'm doing it. So I, I'm, I'm big on that too. Like, like just really like relishing in the journey that you go through. Cause I mean, I, a lot of people have kind of heard me, um, you know, at, at, on another podcast or, at, you know, at anywhere else, like if you just kind of read up a bit, um, or even just talk to me. I mean, there, there's, I've kind of had an interesting journey, um, you know, with working and soccer and going to Sweden for three months, uh, a little hiatus there, but uh, yeah, I mean, it like, just, I don't know where I was going with that, but just over time, like, I think just really enjoying that journey. And like I said, no, know, knowing what's at the end and what could be, um, that definitely just keeps me working as hard as I can. It makes a lot of sense because a lot of times when people have goals for themselves, they're yeah. so anxious until they get to where it is that they're going. But then right. the funny thing is once you get there, you usually set another goal do? for yourself. So finding a yeah. way to find peace with yourself in that struggle, you know what I mean, is is kind yeah. of a beautiful thing. For sure. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, that's that's – and that's what, like, it gets – I'll be honest, like it, it gets hard. Some days are just so hard. Um, like, I mean, on a, yeah, in all reality, it's, you know, you're going to have dark days. You're going to have 
bright days. And, you know, it, it's just like working through those. Um, and like you said, just, just knowing that there's something at the, at the end of it. Um, and then once you hit that, it's like, oh, all right, what are we going to do next? And just for me, it's like, I just keep trying to set myself higher and higher standards. So like with Detroit city going USL, like great for me, it's like personally great. I made it, but now like as a soccer player and as a professional, it's like, let's just see, you know, what, what else can we do? Can we maybe make a run, you know, into the playoffs or can we fight for another championship? That'd be, I mean, that'd be great. And then individually, like what can I do to help the team? Um, so just doing everything I can to be the best I can be at everything I do. Um, and then like fatherhood too, <laughs> like Katie's an all-star with everything, but you know, she, she's, she's read up on all of that. So it's like, it's fun learning about it and it's fun like spending time with my son and like being the best role model I can be for him too. Is like, it's all, I know it's all going to be so rewarding um, in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'll say, you know, your, your story, Nate, is one of those um, side stories to what's been going on in the greatness of this club, like your personal journey, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not just like your rise. And, and, and I, there was a connection for me because I used to, well, I still technically do. I'm an adjunct uh, faculty at Detroit Mercy, but I used to work okay. there full, yeah. I used to work there full time as well. So I knew about you a little bit through um, Don DePaulo. You know, okay. he, had, he always had really nice things to say about you. Yeah. And, uh, and then to see you continue to grow, you know what I mean, into the professional you are on the pitch, you know what I mean? And then also have this other career, but then, you know, building a family and whatnot, you know what I mean? There's so many yeah. little, so many stories like that within the club that just make this yeah. more than soccer, you know? For sure. And that's what, that's what makes it all even better is like, you know, getting to know, like, it's it's kind of like the culture that's been built within the club too it's like you're just going to keep striving for greatness and it's like i'm i'm grateful to be a part of it and at the same time like you said like i have my own personal journey but you know seeing the club grow and like be as successful as it can be at the same time like i'm pushing for the same thing so it's like if we can do it together that i mean best of both worlds right so yeah well so like related to you know your um just your your rise in, in your career, you know, and everything that has developed over the years. What what actually what brought you to the club and Yeah. And then what brought what brought you back, right? Because you were offered to come back. Yeah. You could have right. said no, but you came yeah. back. Yeah, so um it would have been so my freshman year in school, I, I was injured um that freshman season, right in preseason. So I was I was red shirted and then freshman spring season um off season for men's soccer we i mean we were playing some games i think we it was saginaw because um, kale wasserman was the coach at saginaw and he was one of the first coaches of detroit city him and kylie both coached the team together um and they came and played us at detroit mercy for a spring game and i got to talking to him after and he said hey um he just kind of brought it up like hey we're you know i'm sure you've heard of the Detroit city starting up and um, you know, we'd like to have you be a part of it. Um, and I was like, yeah, that, that sounds really cool. Like, first of all, Detroit city, like, I mean, they were getting a lot of publicity just like starting up as a new team. And, you know, they're really like, there weren't many local men's amateur teams for college players to play at the time. I mean, it, like from that, from 2012 to like 2014 or 15, like it, 
I mean, it was, it's, it was like night and day to the amount of clubs and opportunities you had as a college player in the area, but there weren't many. So I was like, yeah, I definitely like I'll be in the training environment. And I know, and Jeremy Clark was actually the goalkeeper that year. Um, and he was, he was my coach growing up for, I mean, he trained me when he was a senior in high school, he started training me as a youth goalkeeper. So like putting all that together and knowing he was going to be there, it was like, yeah, I mean, that, that'd be great. And he was the player coach at the time. So, um, and I think, I, I think I just saw an announcement. Didn't he just get signed as a keeper coach for a NISA club? Didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He went to the San Diego. Yep. Yep. He's at, I don't know what their name is now. Um, but the, the old 1904. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And he, he was with Oakland roots last year. So he's, he's had quite the career as well. Um, and hopefully it just keeps going for him, but yeah, what a great guy. And then, so he brought me in, we trained all summer. Um, I didn't see the field at all for games, but like that wasn't originally, that wasn't what I wanted. Like I, I just wanted a training environment to get me ready for my first college season essentially. Um, and got that. And then moving on to the next year, I wanted to try to play a few more games or, um, and, the Bucks had reached out to me and Gary Parsons was um, director, the player director or director of the club at Michigan Bucks. So he was my youth coach at Michigan Wolves. Um, so he had called me and brought me in as a second keeper um, under Adam Grinwis at the time. So I, and I mean, I ended up going there, great environment, great opportunity for me as a player um, to see that. And I trained with them in 2013 and then, um, had an internship the next summer and then trained with the Bucks the following year. Um, and then 2016, so I graduated and um, 2016, I was, I was trying to go pro, didn't really get anything out of it. Um, and I was actually um, on my way to vacation with some buddies down onto a cruise ship. It was like in two weeks, Later, so Ben Pierman called me as we're about to get on the cruise ship. Hey, are you available in two and a half weeks for um, a game? <laughs> and I just didn't really think of it. I was like, for Detroit City? So yeah, um, we put we go down and play Louisville in the U.S. Open Cup. And Evan Loro, you know, everyone knows the story. Evan Loro had to go back to the Red, Red Bulls for the summer. Um, and he was the one who beat the Bucks in the PK shootout that week before. So I was like, yeah, I, I mean – Sure. He's like, yeah, we're, you know, we play Louisville. And then the following weekend, we have our first home match in the new stadium at Keyworth. And, you know, we're expecting, I don't know how many, he said, 5,000 ended up being 7,000. Um, what a night that was too. So yeah, man. That was, yeah, that was, that was great. So against Ann Arbor, I think we won one nil home opener. So all that together. I mean, I, I was, kind of on my way to accepting that I wasn't that I was retiring and probably not going to play pro um so I was like yeah you know I'll be a part of it um and I was already committed to Oakland County FC which was they were in a different league um as well so I ended up playing with both Detroit City and Oakland County for 2016 um and then you know I ever I mean ever since then I've been kind of with Detroit City working at the same time and 2018 came 
and city till I die, say hi to the bad guy, pretty gritty in the key, you see, our flag fly, chin check, hashtag, we came to sweep the leg, with all disrespect, the rules will bruise your head, 2012, the scene pop, we came to clean clocks, your team is dream drop, we gave some mean knocks, stomping on the comp, yeah, we chomping on the bit, many came and went, but they ain't stopping none of it, uh, community built, community owned, roasting foes coast to coast, leave your whole postponed, spirit of Detroit, Lemons the lemonade, Yemen and Bangladesh make a stronger braid. City in the city, within the city, with deep. Witty with the banter, cause I can't concrete. Now come and get it, if you with it, we committed to go. Detroit was everybody, you already know. Locked and loaded, always ready to bust. Pop and smoke, leave these jokers in dust. City of black, excellence is a must. To leave these crusty little clowns in the ring of rust. From southwest to bright more, five points to Denby. Ain't no friendly, we leave our enemies empty with envy. Yeah, we coming heavy, and we're sinking your ship. Now it's time to show the world who they messing with. The rules on the scene, wipe your feet when you creep through the gates of key. We holding the crown, many enter our rounds, but they get pounded down. Let's turn around. You enter through those gates, you face your fate now. Come take your shot. Many come, but they don't leave. They cleave to what we got. City till I die. Say hi to the bad guy. It's a pity that your city's too itty bitty to fly. But we clipping the wings, even if they don't flap. Take it back to 2010 and you'll see where we at. This ain't a deep pocket. They try, but can't knock it intact. You can't drop it. They buy, but can't cop it. Yeah, we got it locked. Taking over the game, you see that crust up on my chest, ain't gotta say the name. Community led, community rooted, you can't purchase what was built, you know you feel the movement. This is how we do it, you see, repping the deep. Three quarter of a million raised a patch up the key. And you ain't never ever seen a better weather scene. We ain't dropping, we still popping like some pleather jeans. We'll leave you looking lean, cause we're feeding your plate. It's dinner time and you ain't climbing, time to seal your fate. Don't forget the hollow ground you step to When you hugging on that fence, we will disrespect you If you bugging and you bite, then we might just get you Got the key keying in, all up in your mental And when the rules rovers move, they take over Home got new owners, leave your left loners Look, some new cloners, yeah, they jocking our style Get used to what you see, cause we'll be round a while The rules on the scene, wipe your feet When you creep through the gates of key We holding the crown, many enter our grounds, but they get pounded down. Let's turn around, you enter through those gates, you face your fate now. Come take your shot, many come, but they don't leave, they cleave to what we got. Mm. 